you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm late. I'm late. For a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Today is National Voter Registration Day. Inspired by ongoing conversations with players, the NFL, NFL Players Association, and Players Coalition together launched NFL Votes to empower and improve our communities through exercising the right to vote. Join the NFL family by registering to vote today and make your voice heard this November. Visit NFL.com slash votes to learn more. The Around the NFL Podcast. Quietly and respectfully enjoyed by Canadians. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis coming to you from a virtual room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Excited. Excited because it's not just the pride of us today. That's why oh, I'm excited. More goodness. surprises. Yes. In addition to these two heroes joining me today. We have another honorary hero of the Around the NFL podcast. Hit the theme song, Ricky. Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast. Hello, I'm back, <laughs> better than ever. What is up? As always, your your intro hello is a 78 year old woman at bingo night in Atlantic City. <laughs> it's the character I feel most comfortable in. It's That's why, like, I feel like a couple of the other songs. The one song that we did not choose is the Colleen anthem. Where it's sort of an awkward woman playing puzzles and staring at plants. Like, I'm sorry, but I always thought that was a little bit more of the Colleen vibe than the excellent, um, but rather rough and tumble song we've just heard. That other one's a little too on the nose, I think. It's a little too perfect. Hmm. <laughs> I gotta she contains keep, like, multitudes. Some street cred. She contains multitudes. She's, she's a little gangster, you know. I'm a very layered person, yes. Colleen, you are obviously such a busy and successful woman. And if you are not aware, you are if you're listening to the show, because she's the host of Thursday Night Football um, every week during the season. And it's coming up again on Thursday when the Jaguars and Dolphins tussle. And also, of course, Good Morning Football on the weekends. And oh, now yeah. she's, she's squeezed in the old ATN podcast. And that's very nice of you. So thank you. We appreciate Listen, that. Listen, uh, anything for you guys. This is uh, this is easy and comfortable, and I'm just so glad to hang out with my friends again. Hmm. I it mean, is we nice. we gave you airtime when other when the rest of the company wasn't. 
It's loyalty. You were the first. You guys were my first. And oh, I'll you're... always remember it. <laughs> I know. Um, all right. So Connie is with us. And that's great because we have so much to get to. Tuesday shows, obviously, very busy during the regular season. Uh, we have the Thursday night preview, which is perfect with Colleen joining us. I'm sure you've been in your binder uh, all week already. Yep. Uh, getting ready for the big AFC showdown this weekend. We are going to now with two weeks, two games in the books for every team in the league. Uh, we look around the landscape. We're going to deliver some pep talks to those of to those in need, Mark. And I know this is one of those certain assignments on this podcast. I feel like Mark will embrace and really, truly uh, connect with. So I'm really looking forward to finding out who you plan to speak with and send your message to. Well, I mean, I could use a pep talk myself on what to do with the two children that are in my house 24 hours a day without ceasing. But, um, yeah, I've got a few prepared for various NFL characters that I think need a little kick in the buttocks, Dan. In the old buttocks. Uh, Sizzler and I were privately texting before the show about, you know, which one of us will end up divorced because of uh, COVID-19. This meteor strike on the family structure, which is twisting everyone into a pretzel. It's certainly not healthy, but... You know, so th- so far through, what, like 9% of the season, 6% of the season, still standing. Congratulations. Yeah, I, that's, that's as much as we can say. I mean, it's not. It's hard not to dream of, like, quiet rooms <clears throat> off in the distance somewhere with just, like, sunlight through a window and a bookshelf. But, um, you know, that's, that's, Greg. Probably, that's about 16 years from now. Or it's Greg. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do that. Uh, but before we give out our pep talks. Let's talk about a little Monday night football. Third down, 10, shotgun snap to Carr, pitches out to Richard, got a block from the guard at the 20, on the near side, got a block at the 15, at the 10, the 5, broke a tackle, down the sideline, touchdown Raiders! What a run by Richard! Whoa, what a play! 20-yard gallop, where blocks were made and tackles were broken, and he rides right into the end zone for six for the Raiders. Uh-uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Monday Night Football is the best kind of football. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Raiders own Monday Night. My neighbor Rich, who unfortunately can hear everything I say on the show, um, <laughs> right before we started, came uh, right up to the window where I have my setup here and taped it on a piece of paper in Black Magic Marker. Raiders own Monday night. Raiders fans next door. And they certainly did. They own the Saints at the Death Star in Vegas, the debut for that fine stadium. 34-24. to You heard Jalen Richard and Kevin Harlan with a call for Westwood 1. Derek Carr, 28 of 38. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Easily outplaying Drew Brees. Uh, who, once again, is going to be the subject of much conversation, you feel like, ahead of the Saints' next game against the Packers. Colleen, uh, the Raiders are not a team a lot of people picked to be a big difference maker in 2020, but so far, so good. 2-0 and right now. They've been looking good. I mean, when this game first started, I definitely did not think that this was going to go the Raiders' way. At the end of the first quarter, the Raiders had 15 passing yards. They took mm. three sacks for a loss of 23. Things just didn't seem to be going their way at all. And then all of a sudden, Derek Carr just started to heat up. And the way that he was able to spread the ball around to 11 different pass catchers, Darren Waller looked so My good in goodness. this game. I mean, this was the Darren Waller show. I mean, 12 catchers. 103 yards, a touchdown. He was an absolute nightmare for the Saints defense. And we even had a Zay Jones spotting, which, hey, I was here <laughs> for that because, like, that's really when the momentum really started wow. to shift in that game. Zay Jones shout out. Uh, you're right. They're getting contributions from a lot of guys. Nelson Aguilar's made key plays for them in, in back-to-back weeks. And I watch this team, and I think this is Gruden's vision. He, he is loving this. If nothing else, he has a way of running an offense that's very different than the rest of the NFL. It's very heavy. It's very slow moving. It's long drives. It's 45 tight ends, including Jason Witten. It's fullbacks. And in back-to-back weeks, 
uh, against these defenses who have kind of built themselves, the Saints included, to stop the pass. They've got five or six defensive backs. They have worn out defenses by the end of these two games. And when they were at their best last year, that that's the kind of offense they were playing. They're, they are a very good offensive team with a good offensive line. If they get their defense together at some point, then you start thinking about them as even a little more dangerous. Well, I don't think their defense would be the same if Jonathan Abram misses any time. I, one thing about the Raiders, it Josh Jacobs two weeks in a row is that guy. And I just think that he is like a John Gruden dream. I get why John Gruden pointed out the Walter Payton comparison. It's not that they look the same on the field, but then at the end of the game when you see Josh Jacobs strutting up the sideline with that smile on his face, I mean, he just wants to be part of every play. I think he's completely changed as a pass catcher, and they looked really dangerous down the stretch. I I was a little annoyed at the Raiders out of the gate when they deferred and allowed the Saints to get the ball first (laughs) because, Mm. like, you can't open your stadium with Drew Brees potentially marching down the field and having the first trivia question ever about that stadium being that, like, you know, Alvin Kamara scored the first touchdown. Instead, it was Will Lutz. That was a little thing that annoyed me. But the Raiders, man, you could feel <laughs> them at the mid. Like that when they picked off Breeze, and we can get into Breeze in a second, in undrew Breeze like interception, you could feel that game turning. And the Raiders are one of these teams that if they can continue to get performances like that, they are right in the mix for the sixth or seventh playoff spot. I, I released uh, the latest power rankings this morning. Had the Raiders at 15. Which means I don't really know what to do with them. I don't. I don't know if I see them as really a top team in the AFC. I don't think so. Uh, but I also they're frisky and they're a team that seems to be coming together. I, I liked what you said, Greg, about their offense. How it just feels different. You kept especially early on. There was a, an especially bad series where Carr was holding the ball too long. Mm-hmm. He missed the he missed the receiver downfield. He took a couple coverage sacks and it was just like, ah, oh, well, they just make something a little bit more exciting. But then you look up and they they have 34 points and score on six of their final seven possessions. And Darren Waller, man, I mean, the, here's we don't and I include myself in this, even though you may not believe it. I don't respect anyone's opinion more than Bill Belichick when it comes to assessing talent in our league. And uh, he said this today during his uh, availability. It's been a long time since we've seen a guy like this. And I would assume he's referring to Darren Waller's insane athleticism, uh, speed that no linebacker can cover, no safety can cover. And to me, he jumped out as the guy. He's not Antonio Brown. They're different players, different positions. But what John Gruden and, and Mike Mayock wanted from Antonio Brown, which is a guy that's a night, nightmare matchup that dictates how the defense has to play and get them out of their comfort zone. That's what he did to the Saints on Monday night. Hmm. He uh, he's just faster. Waller is than like the competition, and they need speed. I mean, they they have speed. That's why they're just they're just coming together because we really haven't seen Henry Ruggs do his thing. Brian, you know, Ed, Brian Edwards made a few plays. He he forced a, a penalty last night. Um, but there are pieces there. I, I do think this is a top 10 offense. I, I thought so coming into the year. I think it's going to be that way. It, you know, Carr can can make even pretty um, laid back guys go a little crazy. I was listening to the Westwood One call. By the way, Kurt Warner and Kevin Harlan. I mean, there's a lot of great TV crews, but I, I think that's the number one game crew in the business right now. They're, they just happen to be. They just happen to be on the radio. They're so good. And Warner was going crazy of of the throws cars weren't making. Carr wasn't making. But by the end of the game, he was like, you know what? I'm I'm pretty hard on Derek Carr. And, you know, Derek Carr would certainly have blocked Kurt Warner if he was listening to him (laughs) on the radio. But he's like, you got to admit, you know, by the end of the game, you look at what they've done. And that's the offense that Gruden wants to run. It's not that different than the offense the old Raiders and the Buccaneers used to run, uh, too. It's not super entertaining all the time uh, but right now and especially in today's NFL I think it's I think it's tough to prepare for them because they are so different and they are so physical compared to other teams and the Saints defense I was big on this secondary big on this defense and they pretty much got wiped out wiped yeah out. Co- Colleen I want to tee you up on this the Saints have a lot to clean up uh, over 100 yards and penalties for the second straight week Oof. Uh, but you get a feeling, Sean Payton, the talent there, the track record, they'll they'll get on a on the same page eventually. Do you think it's time to sound the alarms on Drew Brees, who was uncharacteristically erratic with his accuracy yesterday, on top of uh, the Week One game where he couldn't really move the ball? It's definitely two bad back to back weeks for Drew Brees, but I think this week. 
them not having Michael Thomas out there. I mean, Alvin Kamara, he still looked good, but obviously they need more than just him. It can't just be the Alvin Kamara show out there. So, Drew Brees, I think, yeah, you have to be a little concerned at this point that we're not seeing what we should be seeing out of him because it was like Derek Carr put up the numbers that Drew Brees should have last night. I mean, it's another game where, you know, you look at Brees, his average depth of target is just over five yards. The vast majority, and this was obviously true with Michael Thomas too, the vast majority of yardage that he's gaining is coming after the catch. It's a different type of quarterback that they have to play around. You know, like Luke, our, my son, became a Saints fan a year ago, and my concern was like, well, you kind of jumped on this one a little late in the game. Had you been born earlier, that might have been more profitable for you. But he asked last night, like, why is Drew Brees look so sad? And I thought, oh, well, like, no. on a, like on a micro, right, like on a micro level, it's because you're losing to the Raiders on Monday Night Football and you're frustrated. But like on a macro level, like there was something in the eyes of Breeze that Ooh. kind of threw me down the stretch. Like you can kind He's of get in the eyes. Well, you've seen this with Peyton Manning too. Like in that last year, and I mean, you know, first of all, small sample size. Let's see what happens with Drew Breeze. But there are concerning, distressing signals out there. We're seeing it on the field, and I thought that there was a look in the eyes of Drew Breeze last night that sort of knew something's changed here. Um, Mm. It's not the end, but something's changed, and he maybe shares a little bit of the concern that we share. Well, because he had no the same exact thing. You did? Just by looking at his face. It makes me think about retirement. Remember he almost considered retirement? And players always say, like, once you think about it, you're you're already there. What did you see, Colleen, last night? No, I just uh, the same thing that Sessler did. There was one shot in particular of Drew Brees' face that he just you could see it was written all over his face. It was just pure dejection, I guess. It, like he he looked so sad in the moment. Time for that Viking funeral. Just put him on the the wooden raft now and push him out into the Gulf of Mexico. Start firing those arrows. Yeah, it feels like a good way to they've go got, in general, they've got Jameis Winston sitting there. I love. <laughs> well, his, his, I love Patrick's tweet where he said we're like four weeks away from Breeze coming down with a mysterious injury and Winston uh, getting a little bit of a test drive. Wow, that I would think be something. I mean, listen, that would be wild. And I think our, our boy Dat Boy Wolf, the number one Saints fan on uh, Twitter, uh, pointed out that Winston had a killer tra- uh, training camp and. And, you know, you also have, of course, Taysom, Taysom Hill, the $21 million man who really has not been involved with the offense too much through two weeks. Sean Payton is a guy that is, if if they continue to struggle, you imagine it's going to be hard for him not to think about mixing things up or perhaps making a big change. But I it still thinks it still feels a little premature, especially with Michael Thomas out. Um, Emmanuel Sanders had a, had a bad game yesterday. He's obviously not too straight. He's, he's a problem. Traquan Smith is their number one receiver. Yeah, he's a little he bit of a problem. Out a little bit. Um, yep. So a lot of the Saints have a lot of work to do, both in strategy and play and discipline. Uh, and now they got the Packers, so that's going to be a game to look forward to. Colleen, wait, quick question: um, What were your thoughts on the yellow ABC Sports jackets that the uh, guys in the booth were wearing? Because I loved them, and I think that ATN guys should have their own version of it. Ooh. Well, I like the second mm-hmm. part of that a lot. Mm-hmm. I know, I like it. <laughs> the The podcast budget for NFL media is surprisingly. Uh, small, so I don't think they're going to really <laughs> shell out for for jackets. But maybe well, we could do a dumpster to think dive. About. You know, well, I, I like I like the thought. I like the thought, and I did like overall Monday Night Football. I thought I really do like Brian Greasy. I know Greg, you had some issues with their their late game calls uh, because you grade on a curve with that stuff. But I thought Greasy did a nice job. Lewis Riddick, they got to turn up his mic or something. I don't know. I can't well, I think even hear he that just guy. Needs to, he needs to turn up. His fire. We've seen it on Twitter, and I think that it is fair to expect reps. I I, I like the booth um, in week two. I will say one thing. I don't need Brian Greasy telling me over and over, like, you've got to respect this player. You've got to respect the way that he handles like. <laughs> That part of it, I will decide. Did he, oh, wow. did he use you, similar but, language when you uh, confronted him at a bar in Denver when he was boozy at age 23 in the future well, that, of the Broncos? Quarterback I've wiped that what? off the slate. I've wiped that off the slate. We had an encounter that I honestly did. To, I deduct no points from him at this point. I, <laughs> I can have points deducted from my slate. No, no. Like I am with Dan that I think that he, at least Greasy, is kind of he is working hard to fit with Levy and working hard to, you know, well, they've worked together. They they have chemistry. They did college they together. I they thought need, it was a fine start. 
the, yeah, the game management side. It was just they were they were surprised by the whole decision to um, kick the field goal at the end, but they didn't even discuss it until Carlson was like kicking it. That, that that's one where it's just in theory it's reps, but you know Tony Romo's talking about whether that's happening or not three plays before getting that's getting fair. getting ready. You know, talking about the strategy. What did you guys think about the Death Star though? I I thought it was fat. Like there was a couple fascinating things about it, but one of them was that Mark Davis is refusing to go to the games and because fans aren't allowed, like in solid. Solidarity with the fans. Like, that's amazing. Mean, meanwhile, his mom is there lighting the torch for his dad in this stadium that's like the culmination of uh, Raiders yeah, history. They've know, never man. been able to build their own stadium in the history of the team, and here they are. But he's like, no, nah, I'm not going. I'm one of the fans, and this is BS. I, I don't it. know. I kind of like it. Mark's his own because, type of dude. Well, also, he's he could, he could have a smattering of fans in there. They opened the bars up in Las Vegas at midnight mm-hmm. the night before. I mean, they want there to be an environment. But Mark Davis, I think, because, you know, you can't he can't top Al Davis in any category, any category at all. So why not be I'm the dude that is so linked with this fan base that I'm not going to allow any fans in here because I'm not going to pick the better of you or the, so the, the East or West Coast elite crew of the Raiders. You're going to come in as a group next year, and I'm going to come in with you. I mean, it's a bit, a bit of posturing, Mark, but I kind of like Mark Davis is one of one. There is no other owner remotely like him. And give Mark Davis this. When he took over the reins, and I remember a particularly stinging column by Mike Silver, our own Mike Silver, who's now with with was then with Yahoo!, uh, that made Mark Davis seem like he would be someone that would never be fit to be the leader of a franchise. Uh, but Mark Davis has this team set up in Vegas and a beautiful stadium that I think is going to work. I feel like this this Vegas, and I feel for the fans in Oakland, of course, but I feel like this Vegas Raiders connection is going to be a waterfall of money. And the franchise, if you, if you just look at it uh, financially, I would imagine – the value of that franchise has already doubled since Mark Davis became the owner. So maybe Mark Davis, you know, maybe uh, he, he got a pep talk along the way uh, that led him down this path mm. because I think he's been an effective owner. I he's mean, got a team going ex- in the right direction, too. That takes so much self-control to not go to that game if you're Mark Davis. I, I, I can't believe he was able to do that because watching it on TV, I wanted to be there. I wanted to go. Like, imagine if we weren't in a pandemic because that would be awesome. But that aside, if, th- if we were operating under normal circumstances, that place would be the biggest party. And we were supposed to be there for Thursday Night Football, which I am oh. doubly upset about because mm. come on, like let's take a group trip to Vegas, watch a game. And then go out. It sounds so much fun. With Steve well, you get to Smith. be in Studio B, so that's okay. I mean, I think that's that's equal. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. I, I appreciate Colleen. I appreciate Colleen when you bring the energy because you're all by yourself in that gigantic <laughs> studio. I saw you doing one of the post games. It wasn't Thursday. Night. I think it was a Monday night football, and you were just like hooting and hollering, and you were doing pumped fists. And I was like, "That's it. You're you're trying to bring your own energy because you're in this cavern." That's a that's a professional move right there. Let me tell you, it is not an easy thing to do, <laughs> but <laughs> I will continue to do it all season. That's why you're like uh, on every 40 under 40 list out there in the game when it comes to media personalities. Colleen Wolf, we found her first, though. Don't you ever? That's right. We discovered Colleen, <laughs> not Philadelphia. I owe everything to you guys. <laughs> everything By the way, one I knock. Did. <laughs> one one knock. My only knock on the Death Star or the Big Al, which has also been called. Uh, I need real fire for that flame. Uh, I don't yes. want that that digital yeah. stuff. I understand yeah, you probably can't because the way the place is structured and probably healthy, uh, you know, health build, uh, building codes and all that stuff. But oh, we need the flame, man. All right. Yeah. All right. That's Monday Night Football. Uh, Remember, Thursday, our podcast, we're going to go through every game in the NFL, and we'll get you caught up to date on all the uh, injuries and uh, news around each team. So stay tuned for that. But for right now, it is time now. To give out some pep talks, and now these the pep talks that we're going to give it just just to get everyone in the right headspace. You are talking directly to that person. You're going to have to use your imagination. Imagine where this is, uh, what the setup is. But ultimately, the listeners and even the three of us uh, who are not yakking uh, just have to imagine this to be a one-on-one closed-door converse- conversation between two people. 
Um, so here comes pep talks. They could be positive for uh, someone that's thriving right now. They could be negative for someone that's struggling. It's up to the person, and we don't know who we chose. Uh, each of us, Colleen, as the guest of honor, why don't you get us going with the first pep? Okay, okay, here we go. This one goes out to all the healthy ACLs around the league. Come on in here, <laughs> take a knee. <laughs> Listen, done. I know this was a tough week. It was really scary watching so many ligaments tear. I mean, ligaments we all look up to, ligaments that really have built this league, leaders in this league. But maybe, maybe that left you feeling a little more vulnerable than usual. But now is not the time for fear. All right, you got to stay strong. Knees everywhere are counting on you guys. Mm. What are knees without ACLs? They are nothing. Just a cap and some bones. I mean, you literally hold everything together. And sure, modern medicine is a marvel. And finally rewatching all the Shits Creeks that your legs desire sounds really great. But you got to keep going. We need you to stay positive. We need you to stay flexible. So the stay next tapped. time I ask what's popping, it better not be you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ended with a bang. Love it. That, I mean, listen, that is a broadcaster right there. Colleen, <laughs> you, you said it so well. And I'll just, just a quick, um, I'm going to jump uh, piggyback on this. MCLs, PCLs, you guys yeah. keep up the good fight too. Sure. Yeah. Everybody's on notice. There's some sneaky ones out there. We, you know, the Cortland Sutton ACL oh. is, is news that broke since we last taped. And suddenly that, that Broncos team that, just started their season seven, you know, seven days ago, and it was like, wow, they've got a million exciting young players, and now they all seem, or at least Locke and Sutton, are wiped away. It's rough. How many? It's so how brutal. many? Uh, how how many bottles of brown stuff has John Elway put down since Sunday night? I mean, well, the question is, the answer is always few. over under of twelve. <laughs> so I'm gonna go. I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna say a couple right before they Winter signed loss. Blake Bortles. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's like it's like Bortles. It's funny. Uh, Bill Bill Barnwell is long. He's been a Drew Locke um, criticizer, kind of like you are. Maybe a doubter, Dan. Um, and he thought Locke showed some um, some young Bortles like tendency where you, you look past certain things. And now that the actual Bortles is there to possibly replace him. J- Jeff Driscoll is kind of like the dollar store Bortles. It's just it's just a room full of Bortles. <laughs> we have a room kind full of, a of heroes. John Elway has a room full of Bortles, and he could have he could have avoided it if he just had a little bit more foresight. Uh, Greg, okay, who's your pep talk with? Wow, um, we're only gonna do one, huh? I'm gonna I'm gonna do it to a guy out in Green Bay, and um, his name is Jordan Love, and he's sitting there, and he's probably wondering what what is my place in the world, and I and I'm there, I'm here to talk to you, Jordan, and say, enjoy the ride. You just watched the sixth team in NFL history. Uh, gain over a thousand yards in the first two weeks. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Tim Boyle, he's not going to be there forever. At some point, you can probably be- beat out uh, Mr. Boyle, rise up to, to number two uh, on the depth chart. And more Whoa. importantly, you have a front row seat um, for Aaron Rodgers in a vengeance tour that mm-hmm. somehow you unwittingly caused. I don't think there's any bad feelings. He's been through this before. Um, but he's only 36 years old. So another uh, thing to think about, he's only about four years away from when Tom Brady won his last MVP. You can wait that out. Um, who really wants to play football anyways? Like there's CTE. Okay. <laughs> there's ACL stuff. The knees. Um, right. All sorts of ACL stuff. Yep. Right. Green Bay. Great karaoke bars. You can't go to them right now, but, you know, you can get to them, like, eventually. You're going to get comfortable. Wait, Green Bay has great karaoke bars? That is total news to me. I, I heard that uh, from Aaron Rodgers himself on the Kyle Brink wow. podcast. There you go. Which, uh, which was really great. Everyone should check out that Aaron Rodgers interview. But Jordan Love, um, hey, it could be four or five years, but just look at Aaron Rodgers. Look at what happened to him when he waited. Look at... Jimmy G. Yeah, that, that took a while, but eventually he got saved by Kyle Shanahan. You will find your time, Jordan Love. Just wait. I like you giving a motivational speech to probably one of the great motivators out there. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers that we're seeing today exists. If he, they didn't go 
and you know annoy Aaron Rodgers because he certainly seems like the type of person that once you annoy him, he doesn't just you know and he's one of these hey let's sleep on it and wake up you know let's go to bed happy we never go to bed upset no he goes to bed upset and he's <laughs> gone to bed upset I think about Love from the minute they took him and so Love's done his job of playing master motivator so you know that was fair for you hmm. to give him a speech in return hmm. very kind of yeah. You. Really, any success that the Packers have is going to be because of Jordan Love. <laughs> That's what you're I saying. Mean, this is so great. <laughs> I mean, Aaron Rodgers, and it's all kind of predictable. He has the Packers over a barrel, and he knows it, and I think he's relishing this. When he pours his, what does he say, three fingers worth of whiskey himself at the end, uh, or scotch at the end of a, uh, another mm-hmm. successful Sunday, he knows not only is he getting his reputation back as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, the way the season has started, uh, but he's also getting vindication uh, uh, for all that rage he had within him about the first-round pick being a quarterback because now the Packers, if he keeps us up, are an impossible situation where they'll have to make a decision. Well, here's they- what's possible. Go win some Super Bowls and make some Super Bowls like Tom Brady did at 39, 40, 41. Well, it's, that's, like, it's not so bad for the Packers. Is that what he needs to do, though? Because I, I get the feeling if he puts together an all-pro season, sandwich prop alert, uh, they they will have to good, keep man. him on board. Almost, well, they will almost definitely have to keep him on, on board, whether or not they, they do get to the Super Bowl, because it's very hard to win a Super Bowl. You are right, Dan, but I would call this green, like for the Green Bay fans, this is their version of a problematic quarterback scenario. It's like, (laughs) what do we do? Our starter is playing at an MVP level, but we have a first round talent sitting behind him. It's like, why don't you do what you've done the last like 406 years in Green Bay is just pass it off from one Hall of Famer to the next. You know, I, I, it'll be some favorite. time before I like lose sleep over how the Green Bay Packers fan base is it dealing with It must be so difficult this. for them, really. There is one, if you're Jordan Love, the old adage, stay ready, kid. Because Aaron Rodgers, for all his greatness, isn't a total Iron Man. He's been injured uh, from time to time. And that really is where Jordan Love will likely get his shot because it doesn't seem like it's going to come out of training camp as, up. Oh, we've decided you're the starter and we're trading Aaron Rodgers. It might be he's going to get a, a brief audition to really put the thought in the, in the minds of that front office and uh, the bearded boy, Matt LaFleur. <laughs> All right. Um, Mark Sessler. You know, I love to be able to motivate and speak words of motivation to someone that I genuinely like. I, lo- I may actually love this person. And I know I'm not alone in this room. The the person is Anthony Lynn. All right. I think Anthony Lynn is one of the more enjoyable hard knocks presences that I can remember. And it had to do with everything going on this summer on that team, but the way he handled it. And the more I just, the more I learned about him, the more I thought I like this guy's old school vibe. And he's, and he's kind of perfect. There's teams out there that need the old school dude. Gruden, you could put in that group and you can see that it's working. I think it can work for Los Angeles too. But there comes a time where every coach needs to look inward and make a change on how they've viewed the world, probably since they were a player. A lot of these coaches get their coaching philosophies from the coaches that coach them when they were on the field. And I think there's nothing wrong with Anthony Lynn wanting to look around the league and say, what we're going to do is we're going to destroy people with the run game. We're going to run the ball 108 times a week if we want to. But here's the problem. Fate, the football gods, have spoken They've, they've entered the scene. They've, they've, they're on stage now. They weren't a week ago. Tyrod Taylor, who is chosen by the football gods to play this role over and over, and we really like Tyrod Taylor, the person, <laughs> suddenly in the hospital with a, after an injection. You can't write this stuff. What is that okay? all about? Right. So Justin Herbert gets on the field. I thought this is the last rookie quarterback I want to see playing right now. He doesn't seem ready. Instead, he's totally ready. We all saw the game. We saw what they can do. And Anthony Lynn, I love you, but you can't talk about what the plays that Herbert left on the field, that there was more to do, that Tyrod Taylor gives you a better chance to win. Tyrod Taylor gives you a better chance to score 13 points. Love him, but you have no idea what the ceiling is with Justin Herbert. And he can change this team. He can change your career, Anthony Lynn, forever. If you simply say, I'm going to walk into the future unknown. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to see what happens, but it might be exciting. And it might flip the switch on a team that needs to galvanize hearts in Los Angeles. How do you do it? I'm sorry, but you don't do it through Tyrod Taylor. You do it through Justin Herbert, and you do it through going 11-5 and and making the playoffs with the next great rookie quarterback story. 
I love it. I love it. I'm totally with you, Mark. It makes me think of my favorite song, Ricky Hollywood, on the new T-Swift album, track one. I'm doing good. I'm on some new shit. Been saying yes instead of no. That's what Anthony Lynn has to do. He has to change his mindset uh, because he wants to be loyal to his guy because he loves everything about Tyrod Taylor, and especially coming off that offseason with everything that was happening in the world, not just in the NFL Taylor was a rock in that locker room, and there's loyalty there, and Lynn is an old-school dude, but you just got to say yes. You got you to say, you know what? I need, like Mark said, to open up my chance of being more successful, and Tyrod Taylor is just, he, he is a progress stopper, to use the old Parcellsism in that room. I don't know, Colleen, if, if we could just assume Justin Herbert's going to be a 300-yard passer every game, and he's locked and loaded, I'm sure. Once teams have tape to study on him, he's right. going to have some really bad games, too. And maybe he'll be so bad that they have to go back to Tyrod Taylor. That's not out of the range of outcomes on this. But for right now, it's like this makes too much sense not to follow this path. No, especially the fact that if it's true that he just found out that he was going to start like moments before the game, right during the pregame. I mean, this was a surprise for him. This was a surprise for the defense. And I think that's why he ended up playing so well, too, because, yeah, they didn't have any tape on him. They weren't expecting him at all. But... I just feel so awful for Tyrod Taylor. Right, I thought for sure right. that this was going to be the year for him. He he gets got every single place that he's at. I mean, whether it's in Buffalo. I was at that TNF game for the Browns against the, the Jets when Baker Mayfield made his debut because Tyrod got hurt. And now this time, I mean, you think about the freak nature of it, of, about having an adverse reaction to the shot that he got. I mean, this is something that just feels like it's a – a dark cloud that has followed Tyrod around his entire mm. career. And Justin Herbert could not have looked better. Well, we'll find out Sunday. I mean, I, I do, before I judge Anthony Lynn um, too harshly about this, want to see what he actually does with his actions, not his words. Not that he isn't always a straight shooter, um, but he made it clear Tyrod Taylor is their starter as long as he's 100%. It's like who's up? Well, who's a hundred percent? So does that give him some wiggle room? It should, yeah. To to yeah. see what Herbert looks like this week, and then truly make the decision after that. I I don't know. I um, I feel for him. I wish I had a drink. You know, we could play an ATN drinking game. I wish I had a drink for every time Mark. Um, said we respect Tyrod as a person before completely burying him because I would have had a Love drink. qualifier. For, I, I would have had a drink for every show going back to about like mid-August. But uh, Lynn, Lynn was pretty aggressive just saying like, we, you know, in case I missed it, we lost the damn game. And pointing out all the Herbert uh, mistakes in that game, which is which was an interesting tact. He's definitely going with some... Some tough love there, but you get the sense he he has one message for the media, and I think he's probably a little different behind closed doors. With like real quick on why I feel that way about Tyrod Taylor, because (laughs) I actually kind of liked him when he was the Bills quarterback, and I like the idea of what I think he was back when that was like five years ago. But ninety nine percent of what I know about Tyrod Taylor is liking him on two like on nine episodes of Hard Knocks. You know, yeah. where you're getting to know the person. And it's not true of a lot. I don't know the person for a lot of these other guys. But so I say that, but then I do have to follow it up with the fact that, like, I think that as a society, we get over the idea of, of Tyrod Taylor being benched probably about 14 hours from now. Yes, I'd feel bad for him, but like, <laughs> This is football, and suddenly if the Chargers have, like, a high-ceiling, interesting rookie quarterback, like, people aren't going to be not showing up to Chargers games or turning them on because Tyrod Taylor is not starting. And, you know, like, I remember Prison Mike on The Office, like, (laughs) Tyrod Taylor is like, you got a good life. If Tyrod Taylor gets benched, he's still, you know, things are okay for Ty God. He's going to be a backup quarterback for the next seven years, and he's a great one. Like, even if he doesn't get starting jobs, he's going to be getting checks for a long time. I like, Mark, that you, because you're the master of just throwing random numbers out there. Uh, You said you liked Tyrod Taylor in nine episodes of Hard Knocks. He was actually in (laughs) ten episodes between the Browns and the Chargers. I want to know if you hated him in the other episodes. No, no, I'm going to be completely transparent. (laughs) I ghosted the last episode of Chargers-Rams because life was getting too hot. And I was like, I'll watch this. (laughs) And then suddenly week one happened. It's like... When week one happens, Hard Knocks feels like it's from ancient Egypt. It literally has no relevance, so I, I, it's gone. You know, I could give you, I could give you like a, a real like data point to back that up. That writing the Hard Knocks reviews for NFL.com, my mentions on the show for episodes one and two are up here, 
And then by the time I post that last episode that airs Tuesday, two days before week one, nobody cares. Right. It, it's actually, I would <laughs> it's imagine okay. it's a frustration for the Hard Knocks producers because they put a lot of effort into sticking the landing in the, the final best episode, episode often because yeah, it's all and the tying cuts. it all together. But it, it's almost like by episode five, it's already served its purpose and the world moves on. But, you know, again. Let's not play too many violins there either. It's a nice show. Everybody's employed there. It's like HBO uh, execs like smoking cigars, making you know, know fourteen million dollars, seven thousand Emmy awards. I will say though, from watching Hard Knocks, I was kind of surprised the way that Justin Herbert came out because, look, I know that he is obviously a really good quarterback, but just from watching Hard Knocks, I was like, oh, he's really quiet. He's kind yes. of humble. He's like a little soft spoken. I just didn't expect that play to match his personality, but it clearly Ooh. does. I'm also yeah, surprised really- like he's halfway to a medical degree and wants to be a doctor after he's done playing and like he won the National Heisman Academic Award for the entire country as like the best student athlete. Well, Greg, he's very cerebral. Ju- Greg, what did you just say? What? Yeah, earlier you said once a guy thinks about retirement, it's already over. Well, <laughs> what about that? <laughs> there you go. It's time to hang him up. All right. Uh, my pep talk will be uh, it's going to be a circle back to Derek Carr, quarterback of the undefeated Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, before the season, you may remember, Carr said he was sick of people not giving him respect. Okay. So, Derek. Um, you know, after Monday night's win, you talked about uh, your arrival in Vegas and how Tom Brady was the guy that was getting some love. In fact, let's listen to what Derek had to say uh, in his post-game thoughts. A lot of people didn't believe it. When the first day I moved here, Tom Brady was on the front cover of the newspaper. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it just adds a little fuel to the fire when uh, you can still be here and accomplish things that mean so much to you. Okay, so, Derek, the, the, you know, they're never going to believe in you, kid. You lived your whole childhood. Actually, Ricky, can we get some explosions in the sky, like Friday Night Lights music, but not explosions in the sky because we don't have the clearance? Kind of like explosions mm. in the sky? Okay, we're covered. Mark Brady's like, uh, must double check. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get an email about that comment. You lived your childhood and adolescence as a little brother, and now they, capital T, want to keep you in that box. But you're not, you're nobody's little brother anymore here in our league. You're a man, is what you are. A big, bright, shining star. Maybe not a star. Maybe maybe you'll never be Mahomes or Lamar or Deshaun or Mr. Unlimited. But you're Derek. You're Derek. Repeat after me. I am Derek. I am Derek. I am Derek. 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 <laughs> Derek. Are we supposed to be playing along? Are we supposed to be Derek here? <laughs> you can't make them love you, but they can't hurt you. In the words of the great Chuck Pagano, they can fire you, they can't eat you. Just keep doing what you're doing, and they won't be able to deny you either. Wow. Powerful. I mean that. <laughs> I know Derek Carr is not a superstar. You know I've been pounding this drum for a few years on this podcast. I, Mark, you made a good point on text. I can't even really refute it. That is, I believe you said it was sometimes the quarterback's about what's in your heart. And Derek Carr, for whatever reason, he just doesn't light a fire. Uh, but I think he's just so much better than he gets credit for. And it's become one of those things. He's kind of got a little bit of the Andy Dalton thing going on where people – uh, almost don't want to see him succeed because they like keeping him in that box that he's just this middle of the road guy. But I think with the right surroundings, the right coaching, the right pieces around him, he is a guy that absolutely can take a team into a deep playoff run. And they are on the right path right now. I think mm. you picked the perfect um, candidate for like a deep sports psychology pep talk because I, I agree with much of what you're saying. I think when you see like the best of Derek Carr, that's when all these Raiders fans that have been, you know, 
maybe for better or worse, you know, backing him no matter what, um, come at you saying, this is what he is, this is what he is. My one thing I feel like in life, whenever you kind of start losing an argument, and, and I, you know, I can think of times when I've, in this, in this house, I've sort of said, like, you know, I should be respected more, I should be respected more, you need to be, you know, giving me more respect. It's like, well, you've lost your argument if you need to voice that. And there's Ooh. too many instances with Derek Carr where, like, you're telling us that you don't, that you need to be respected more, but all you need to do is, why is Tom Brady on the cover of a newspaper? Because he doesn't walk around saying, I need to be respected more. He just says, everyone thinks I'm done. I'm going to go win another Super Bowl. And then I'm going to go down and to Tampa Bay when they think I'm done, and we'll see what he does there. Derek Carr, you, you're a good quarterback. Like, just go win games. And don't have us pointing to Raiders teams that fade down the stretch because you aren't aggressive enough, X, Y, and Z. People want to root for players that want to root for themselves. I don't want to hear anything more about the respect and all that business. Respect comes through what you do mm. now. Well, Dan he was- gave that pep talk to Derek Carr after the first quarter. That's what happened last night. <laughs> it go. took a little. It took a little while to warm up, but once he did, they, that offense was tough to stop. I'm, I'm thankful um, the pep talk's over. I haven't felt that uncomfortable at points since Derek Carr was was on our show. And, and by the way, it was it was uh it was on the cover of the paper because you know the disrespect is coming from inside the building. It, Mark Davis is the one who literally on record said he wanted Tom Brady. So that that is the disrespect that is the person who built the stadium and then had Derek Carr at the unveiling of the stadium, at the very same time that they were talking about bringing in Tom Brady. So I, you don't blame Derek Carr for taking that a little personally uh, when that's your boss. Um, but sometimes he, he puts it on the media. Um, and it, it's, I think it's been his coaches and his GM and his ownership, which has fueled, fueled some of this disrespect. You can't control that. You know, I, that, I guess that's what I was getting out of the pep talk. Can't control any of that stuff, all the doubters, even if they are coming from the top of the ownership group in his own team. But if he plays well, maybe things will straighten themselves out and he'll get what he wants in the end, which is R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Okay, good pep talks, guys. Enjoyed it. Fun. <laughs> Let's now spin forward to Thursday Night Football. In another world, Colleen would be hopping on her private jet tomorrow uh, or tonight and heading to beautiful Jacksonville, Florida, Duval County, um, landing on a runway that was made especially for her. Exactly. It's a red carpet runway. Uh, But instead, you will be in Studio One at NFL Network headquarters in Uh Culver City. Just as good. Yeah, just as good. Listen, it's good to have a job right now. Uh, Dolphins at Jaguars. Dolphins 0-2. Jaguars 1-1 with, in all seriousness, Colleen does great work in terms of her research, and she knows her stuff. So, Colleen, I'm sure you've been studying these teams. What are some kind of early thoughts you have? Uh, We'll start with the Jaguars. All right, so obviously Gardner Minshew here. Uh, outside of those two interceptions that he had last week, Minshew, he looked pretty good. Three touchdowns, he spread the ball around to eight different receivers. So this has been a really good first two weeks for him. And now this week, going up against a Dolphins secondary that probably won't have Byron Jones because of that Achilles and groin injury. It's a short Big. week. I, I wouldn't expect him to be out there. And you saw how much that affected the game. They lost Byron Jones on the first series last week. So not having him out there is going going to be a big, big deal. I also really like on the side of the Jags, their undrafted rookie, their running back, James Robinson. He looked really good in that game. 16 for 102 and a touchdown. So they're like, "Mm, Leonard Floyd or Leonard Fournette, no problem, bye. Uh, But I think that... Listen, the the Jags' run defense, they were able to sort of limit uh, Derrick Henry, too. I mean, 25 carries, 84 yards. Uh, so they did a pretty good job. And then, yeah, I mean, on the, on the Dolphins' side of things, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, he looked better last week, but the Bills were also missing two of their top linebackers. Um, so obviously he's going to have to, he'll be able to find some good matchups in that Jag secondary, but Mike Gesicki is the guy that I'm looking forward to seeing. He had a huge game against Buffalo, eight for 130. He has six touchdowns in his last eight games. So those are just a couple things to the, I have my eye on. Add him to the freedom from Adam Gase list. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I'm thinking about wearing a python jacket because it's an all Florida edition for TNF. So, ooh, ooh, some type of okay. like animal print. 
<laughs> I'm looking forward to that as well. Mark, you are, uh, I thought when you said you were actually in love with the person for the pep talk, you were going down Minshew Alley. Uh, mm. This has been something you've, you've been excited about him forever. I'm sure you are clicking your heels watching film of Minshew right now. Ha, ha, Minshew. Yeah, I don't know about the the Chris Berman version of the name, but um, <laughs> I you know I see a starter like I, I I feel like Minshew is probably he was helped last year by becoming a sensation because of his um you know mullet and the mustache and like the you know prancing around in a half shirt business. But what kind? Here we go. I don't. I I feel like he did it once. I didn't know if we needed it week after week. He did that four or five times last night too. It's like we get it. Um. Nice didn't joke, need it. but didn't need it. I meant you to me as a starting quarterback who um, probably is not getting. The, I'm just going to ignore it at this point. Is not going to get the credit he deserves for the work he puts in, and it's even on this show. This is right here. It's happening because there is this reluctance to accept that Gardner Minshew has outplayed Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and not Josh Allen at this point, but a bunch of other quarterbacks that are get a, get a lot of rope. A lot of rope because of where they were drafted, and everyone wants Minshew out of the picture, and they don't have a quarterback problem right now. And the one thing, and Colleen, I love that you mentioned Jones being out because his fill-in, Noah Igbenayi, a rookie, mm-hmm. came in, and Brian Dable wisely targeted that safety 11 times for 145 yards and two touchdowns. And you are playing another aggressive, aggressive passing game with the Jaguars. I love Minshew taking some shots in this game. The interceptions were not flagrant idiot throws. There was one overthrow that got tipped. That was the first one. But that the was the receiver's was fault, even. That receiver jumped uh, right. on the I'm just saying he's not throwing. He's, he's not. You can't point. Like, interceptions are interceptions, but. They are not Minshew not seeing the field. I think he sees the field really well. And with his legs, he, there are five or six plays a game where he creates something out of nothing, but then continues to look at the field. So I am arrow up on this guy, and it's not because of the persona. It's because of the player. Well, yeah, he's making the second-year leap like Kyler is. I mean, I, he, I think you're losing the doubters on this show. Maybe, Dan, a, a little bit, but I, I spent— I mean, I specifically of, stated last Thursday that you, I was— You, you know, did, Dan. You did. I'm not, on, and I, I spent all not, of uh, Sunday's show saying I love what I've seen out of him. I think he's a different quarterback now. I, I think these two games he has been like a top-10 quarterback to start the season, not just a decent starter. And it's fair to say, Greg, just to jump in for one second, that what we're seeing now— and you already kind of made the point that he's made the lead. That wasn't what he was last no. year. He so was at times, my, He was My at kind times. of feelings about he's, him was that he was a bit of a media creation that was a little hot and cold as a quarterback and not necessarily a guy to be like, oh, yeah, he's a guy that should be starting 16 games. I don't feel the same way through two games so far this year. He just I, one thing though, different. I hear you, Danny, a couple bad quarters and games last year and on a bad, bad offense where Nick Foles also completely was flummoxed. But... Minshew, what he's showing this year, he showed he showed this last year, right. just not understandably not consistently. But there's nothing that he's just doing now that he wasn't doing a year ago. It's it's from wire to wire in these two games. Right, he showed flashes early when he came back in for Foles at the end of the year. He looked like a rookie uh, mm-hmm. the last five six games of the year. But Jay Gruden, such a perfect combination for him. Eight guys on their team caught three passes last week. So it's they have a lot of guys. Chenault, the way Chenault moves is really exciting. The way James Robinson moves, we we know Chark is a big time player. Like they're getting Conley involved. Like they can spread it around. To me these two teams are very different in that their defenses are probably going to be garbage this season. Like a bottom 6 or 7 defense. I don't think there's going to be a lot of stops. Neither team has a pass rush. I think the quarterbacks are kind of similar. I actually think Fitzpatrick's played fairly well if you watch how bad his pass protection has been the first two games, even against the Patriots. He's making tough throws because that's all there is to make, and he's under pressure. Uh, He just has a lot less around him. So in a game that you kind of like the offenses better than the defenses, I think think Gardner's got more help, and, and they get a win. The defense of the Dolphins is something to keep an eye on here because, yes, Byron Jones leaving left a huge hole in that secondary. And last year was all about the big tank with the Dolphins. And the thought was you get all these first-round picks, you spend all this money, uh, things will be better. But right now the defense remains, you know, maybe not at the levels they were at the beginning of last season, but still a major problem. They need to have growth, and that is Brian Flores' land. So he needs to get that in a, uh, those affairs in order. 
They also have a coordinator that was out of the league since 2012. I feel like that's a little under the radar. And in, in, and if you look at like the resume of his assistance on that offensive side of the ball, I you know there's just been they they probably Chan have Gale, as, as, as light to. Chan Gailey. Yes, he has not been in the NFL since 2012. Going against a guy Gruden who's been there the whole time and is ready. And if you look at kind of the resumes of all his offensive assistants, it's it's not a lot of guys that are going to bowl you over with track records of success. And so without an off season, you're coming back into the, it's just a lot to ask for this Dolphins team. This is set up really well, Mark uh, and Colleen. Cause you, you, you want, of course you want, you want me and you post game uh, for yeah. that conversation after he of has course. a big day and he's such a, he's such a charismatic guy that uh, you want that. And I think it's all set up there where, playing against this Dolphins team, especially with the secondary banged up. Uh, I think he's going to have another nice game and it's going to be a huge story on Friday and with you and Michael Irvin and the gang on Thursday night. Mm. Yeah, we, we we got to talk to Minshew last year on Thursday Night Football and we had his entire family up on the set after he got that win. But I think that, yeah, it, it, it obviously favors, I think, a little bit the Jags here because of Byron Jones being out, but also the fact that they'll be able to run the ball too. Do- the Dolphins right now are allowing five yards per carry through two games. Mm. I feel like they really need Kyle Van Noy to kind of step up a little bit too. They need everybody to step up. Almost like, had a pick I, six against Josh Allen and it came- Went through right. his hands. That yep. would have changed. That would have changed that game. Yeah. So maybe a little bit more from him too. You you need Minshew because he needs to make up for Baker's performance in the interview last week. Baker's in this like I'm winning in silence. I've just I'm going out of my way to be boring. I was watching you do the interview where it's like you guys are trying to pull something from him. You got Michael Anything. Irvin trying to pull something Come from, on, him, and he's just going out of it. And it's fine if that's who you really are. Like when you know. I'm trying to think of a quarterback who's just flat. When Alex Smith is giving you pretty, like, blah answers, that's just who Alex Smith is, I think, in interviews. But Baker, like, you can tell he's trying to muzzle himself, and that's enough. Like, Colleen, he was cutting a cake last time while talking about Carlos Hyde. He has to be who he is. We talked about that on the show, too. Like, I, you can't because here's here's where here's where all the strategy breaks down. I'm operating in silence, like I'm never going to speak. But these progressive ads have come back for the second year, and every time one of those comes on, I feel like a brick is being dropped in my head from the 18th story of a building. Like, why did these come back? It's just for, not for one. Either it's just side. not one ad either. It is a whole campaign with layered advertising. And you're right; it does kind of jump out at you that. He's saying he's silent. Then every commercial break, all you hear is him talking. But you know what? Uh, let's not talk about the Browns right now. Let's focus yep. on the Jags and Dolphins and check right. it out with Colleen Wolf and the gang on Thursday night. Um, and Colleen, listen, you've said it all. I and, did. Uh, we'd love to have you back anytime we can. You're sitting in the West chair. Uh, it's never the same without West, but when you could like slide in Colleen, like 1986, Bill Walton on the Celtics, I mean, you cannot do any better uh, for a six men off the bench than Connie Fox. So thank you for joining us. Well, it was great as it always is. Great to see you guys. Super fun. And maybe next time I'll like hang something on my wall behind mm. me. Yeah. Let's just put a little bit more yeah. effort into the background. There's just I also an think Col- Colleen and, uh, Colleen and uh, what's his name from the Celtics 86 were in a similar frame of mind last night. If you uh, want to scan the right. tweets that were Some happening different during Monday extra, Night Football. Very Bill similar Walton. extracurricular activities. Absolutely. A lot of Listen, time. I was enjoying myself and looking As back on what I tweeted last night, maybe I should have not been on Twitter. That's all. Nobody going to judge you, Connie Fox. Nobody in this room anyway. <laughs> all right. We're going to sign off with uh, one of our listeners uh, put together a flagship show remix from week two. Uh, so this is Dan Hansa signing off for Connie Fox, uh, The Quiet Storm, the old boss, and Rick Hollywood from West Hollywood. Until Thursday. One lollipop for all of them to lick with their tongues. <laughs> One lollipop for all of them to lick with their tongues. What? One lollipop for all of them to lick with their tongues. What? One lollipop for all of them to lick with their tongue. What? 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 One lollipop for all of them to lick with their tongue. What? 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 All right, let's so slow stupid. down. So stupid. I love it. Good luck. Good luck with that. All right, let's slow down. Good luck with that. Hair like a kick. One lollipop for all of them to lick with their tongues. Hair like a ki- carrier pigeon? <laughs> what? 
one lollipop for all of them to lick with their tongues. Yeah, I mean, if it's a roller coaster ride. Uh, what? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.